Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to Giles Corrin Has No Idea. It's called this not because I literally know nothing, but because it's all about the moment in the week when I have to sit down and write my column but have absolutely no idea what to write it about. Which is where my wife Esther comes in, who, having read all the papers whilst I take the kids to school, always has half a dozen ideas picked out for me when I get back to be discussed at the kitchen table over a nice cup of coffee. Um, the key thing is that I'm going to talk more slowly. Although people love the podcast, there are comments on there which say things like, I had no idea he sounded like a chipmunk. I don't think I can read the restaurant reviews anymore. And the point is not to drive away such readers as I already have. An alternative or an option for people to bear in mind, which I do do when listening to things like The Daily, is to turn your phone to to slower speed you can turn it to half speed uh, and then with all those kind of people like Michael Barbaro who talk really fast and this, here's what else you need to know today and they all sound like Kermit the Frog if you turn it down to slow then suddenly they sound more like Gore Vidal both of our problem of course is that we grew up in very verbally combative households where people suddenly interrupted you when you were trying to say something exactly and everyone wanted to have the last word and talk over each other um, and now in this house we're all equally stupid, but equally determined to get our thing across. So anyway, I'm going to be talking over Esther Less. Great. And we're also very chilled because we're just back from holiday. <laughs> when I say chilled, I mean the opposite of chilled. Yeah, we're just back from holiday into 39 degree heat. Because we came back from the seaside. We came back from the seaside. Where it was qu- in- quite cool. To ensure that we were in London on the hottest day of the year. Because it would have been silly to be by the seaside because then we'd have had to keep jumping in the sea and having a nice time and, and eating ice creams. nice and cool and enjoying that famous sea breeze. But instead we're back in the cauldron of London. But we're broadcasting this into Friday morning when it's all going to be cool and there's going all to going have It's all going to be over and everyone's going to be like, shut up, why are you talking about the weather? I think you can't not write about the weather. Okay. And so it's fine to talk about the weather. Mm. Um, I was going to say, what sort of columns do people normally think it's okay to get away with? You know, in the hot, there's, there's like the, the tips on how to be cool. Have we seen that anywhere yet? We have seen, there are lots of tips on how to be cool everywhere. But the problem is that by Saturday, it really is going to be cool. So, so we don't need, so tips on how to warm up again? Tips on how to warm up again. Tips on, or, or, or an idea I had, an extension of the hot weather, but not actually the tips on being cool or anything about it being hot 
And I thought maybe we could, you could discuss how long would it take the UK to you know, fundamentally change culturally as a country because of our hot summers. So what would it take for a senior Times columnist, for example, to be broadcasting to his readership schwitzing like a dog and wearing a singlet <laughs> and shorts instead of a, a double-breasted jacket like I am now? Your usual three-piece sweat. Uh, I wanted to say another thing about... Uh, I know, but it's How the culture would change. Well, How the culture would change. So, if it was going to change, in what ways would it change? Because every hot country has its own different way of being hot and having a hot culture. In Australia, they go surfing a lot and have a lot of barbecues. And they have corks dangling from their hats. They do. How long will it take for the English people to all have corks dangling from their hats? Exactly. Although... Mm. And I don't want to be leaping in on you when I'm trying so hard to be cool and talk. So the reason the Australians have corks dangling from their hats is to keep the flies off. But as with global warming, the, the, the flies are all going, aren't they? I think what we're going to be left with is wasps and flies. I think the things that we're going to lose are nice bumblebees and butterflies. And I think all the things that we don't really want, like cockroaches and flies and wasps, they're going to take over the planet. And this is going to be You say nice bumblebees, OK? I have been yeah. quite depressed for about six to eight weeks about the decline of the pollinators. And we noticed in this incredibly boiling weather, you know, driving down to Devon this weekend, that you drive for four hours through the down the boiling motorway, you get at the end, not a single splattered insect on the windscreen. Yeah. You know, a couple of cyclists. But no, uh, <laughs> you know, there used to be butterflies and, and you know, they think your windscreen was covered in this stuff. And they, they, nothing, mm. nothing at all. Now, I, I googled it and the people are concerned and it's called something like the car windscreen vector fall off catastrophe emanation. Part of it, they say, is to do with the newly... The, the convexity of windscreens, which is more aerodynamic. So it may be that there's still plenty of insects and they're all just being yes. off the top. Yep. But then again, uh, others say that it's because they've de declined completely. So anyway, I've been really sad about the decline of the pollinators, which you don't really see. You don't see as many insects. You're walking in the countryside, you don't see the butterflies, the bees. Well, who's, what's going There was that story we covered, I think, a while ago about the potential that we're going to need robot bees yes. to do pollen. And so then I was standing on the beach in Devon and I felt something on, on my back and I reached round. To, to rub it and then I looked and it was a bee and I shook my hand and then it stung and it, it and, it, and it, I thought it was okay and I put my mouth to my, and I and there was an actual sting and I felt the sting and I pulled the sting out between my teeth and I sucked like that sucky sucky and out came what felt like venom although it was quite sweet and I was so pleased because it didn't really hurt because it was actually honey <laughs> well and I'd actually have my thumb in a beehive <laughs> uh, no I was on a bee and and our friend Edward said oh yeah but the thing about a bee sting is it it, it comes on later oh and I went ha what do you know yeah well, he lived, basically lives in a wood he's he basically does. crocodile dundee and you know three days on my look at it your thumb is looking a bit it's really painful yeah, and it's funny. really really sore and I'm tending to think bollocks to the bees. I mean, I, I, I was on their side. I was on their side. I want there to be lots and lots of bees around. And the thing about being stung by a bee is it doesn't feel very 2019. It, it feels a bit 70s to be stung by a bee. Well, we did we did go on quite a 70s holiday generally, didn't we? We You have a, well, we both have a thing about how you have to fly less. And so we're taking more holidays in the UK, staycations. Fly less in order to reduce climate change for the sake of the bees. That are going to sting you on your 1970s holiday. Bastards showing yes. no gratitude. Go on, anyway. Yeah? So we go on this 1970s holiday. 1970s style holiday every year in Devon and it's really really lovely and up until a few years ago sort of magical because we had access to a private beach and you obviously beaches well, only, you can't own coastline can you but what did the, what the, well it's the, not that what, we had access because that makes us sound posh and entitled I mean we paid to rent this house which was on a place which you could get to the beach for free yeah and it was open to the public on Saturday and Sunday so and the access because you can't own 
coastline so the access to the beach was on private land and then they opened it up because they realised it just sort of wasn't but it was so like the 1950s because there was nobody there and the people who were there were other people who were renting on this estate and the thing about this estate is that you you can't it's all full you can't get into any of these rental houses and they've all been being rented by the same families since like the 1950s they're all in kind of rolled up trousers with handkerchiefs on their heads and cricket jumpers Mm. Uh, and uh, going for a bracing walk just you know waiting for the tide to go out so they can walk to Nunhead and they're suspicious of people with suntan yeah, uh, and it's sandy sandwiches and you know a peeled carrot and a boiled egg basically. But you, but when we were there, so and swimming so, in the incredibly cold sea, very very cold, and, yeah. and, and just general sort of hardship. And I just, yeah. I just thought that. swimming in their pants, no kind of fancy yeah. you know trunks or anything. They just sort of take their trousers off, right? Hold those. Mary. I mean, for someone, for someone like you, who is always sort of, oh, we're going on holiday to wherever, buried in the what should I wear on the beach today? What's yeah. the new kind of bikini? Mm. Bikini, mm. they cried down no, in Devon in no the bikinis. 1950s. They'd never heard of it. That's what that there Bridget Bardot wears. Yeah. Can't wear one of them. And it's still like that. Well, it was still like that until a few years ago. Since this beach has now been open to the public, so you don't have the beach yourself, what you have to do is, like you do most other places in the world, is get to the beach early. Mm. Uh, and if you get to the beach at eight o'clock, there's nobody there. And it's like the dawn of time. Yeah. And you sort of stride out onto the beach and this is going to be the amazing Virgin day. sand. And, and then gradually people start to arrive. And it would have been, and it seemed to me like it would have been like the Hollywood, it would have been going to the south of France in the 50s. Nobody there. Mm. And then people start to arrive. But at first, at sort of nine in the morning, they're quite classy people. They're the kind of people who've gone to bed early, got up early, gone for a bracing walk, come down to the beach to read the Times uh, with their knotted handkerchief on their head and their trousers sort of rolled up and, and they're all, you know. And they bring some sandwiches and foil and they bring, you know, a jute bag with a blanket in it. And some water to hydrate themselves. And then at about sort of, then 11 o'clock, the sort of more of the families arrive and, and they arrive with loads of inflatable things. And suddenly yeah. tourism is changing. And mm. this is like 11 a.m. on the beach in Devon. And it's more like 1980 on, in, 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 on the Costa del Sol. Yeah. And people are coming down and they start to bring sound systems and the music starts to play. Then it, towards one o'clock, two o'clock, the teenagers wake up and they all come down to the beach. And they've just got cases of beer and lager and massive sound systems. Mm. And by one o'clock, you've seen in the space of three or four hours... The history of what people do to the world. They just arrive and they colonise it. Um, I thought probably... <laughs> Sorry, I nearly choked to death on that mint. It seems like such a good idea to put mint into a glass of water and then it just there's no way of it just goes down on the other thing in the back of your throat. And it also makes the drink taste a bit... I'm sorry, I'm, I'm interrupting your big subject, your big idea. No, I'm... I'm, I'm going to go and pour water while you do it. No, tell me, because it is a good idea. Well, I just, mm. I just had all, the, all, no, I, all these things that I thought were quite funny. Uh, about the set it up, set it up, set it up, because I like this idea as a column and it's great. And frankly, not that I want to like crap on your idea again, but the point is, I do, I probably have to get this column done because tomorrow, in theory, I'm going to watch England Ireland in the Test match Mm -hmm. with Sam. Sam's first ever cricket match. I know you're not remotely interested because it's cricket. Uh, And I was, my main worry was that England were going to smash Ireland inside of two days and there wouldn't be any cricket tomorrow. But then Ireland looked like smashing us, which is how you know it's a silly season because there's hot weather and a and a crappy new cabinet and the Irish are beating England at cricket well the the, 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 the thing and I the think the question is sorry I yeah, mean I promise no, not to talk over you no, so it's I'll fine, no, no, no. no you, you no I've got on. one long no sorry. go on no what were you going to say no I interrupted you it's fine um Basically, if Ireland smash us before the day is out, I've got tomorrow to, to write my column. If, however, there's still cricket tomorrow, I have to get up at the crack of dawn and take Sam to it. So I have to get the column done now, which is why I'm a bit frantic and have started talking fast, even though I promised not to. I mean, to. what is the world coming to when England lose to Ireland at cricket? I mean, the thing that the only thing that I think is interesting about that is that cricket... Cricket. The thing I think is interesting about that is the psychological thing that happens after somebody wins something big. So England have just won the World Cup and now they are losing... 
to Ireland. I think it's a good How idea. How has that happened? Well, it's a good idea because the national expectation got so high because he yeah. won the World Cup. Yeah, what's the shittest thing you could possibly do in cricket? Yeah. Lose to Ireland. We were talking before about uh, cricketers who get, get a century and then get out on the next ball. And you said, yes, that's a thing. That's a thing that happens. It's absolutely a thing. It's never happened to me. Because I've never got a century. Got. I got a 50 once. Oh, well done. Yeah, I got a 50 once. I got to, I never got to 50 and I was about 38 and playing this cricket match and I was batting and at the other end, batting with me was a, my nemesis, a bloke I had a sort of thing with Fouadeur with for like 20 years. Yeah. And I was on 49 and, I could, and he was seething because he didn't think I was a batsman worthy of getting 49. And I went to hit the ball and I missed the ball and it hit my leg and it rolled down and I ran and then the umpire, who was old and blind, uh, signalled a four because he thought I'd hit it and everyone clapped and it was your first 50. And Isn't that LBW? No, it was a leg by. So oh, I, 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 I only got to 53 and then I was out next ball. So although everyone clapped me for getting 50, I actually only got 49. Well, let's not tell anyone, eh, darling? No, and then it'll be fine. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work you really really want it all to work out while you're away monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind when all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync things just flow wherever you are tap the banner to go to monday.com hey i'm ryan reynolds recently i asked mint mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation they said yes and then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So are we going to write about the... Is there anything you can say about the reason you know, or about Boris generally? My problem has been slightly, or it's what I thought it was yesterday when I started to think about the column, is, and I, I take my life in my hands when I say this, but I mean, I was quite optimistic. I thought Boris. Now, publicly, I take the piss out of him. Publicly, I'm reasonably woke. All my lefty friends in the media were all cynical. Even we One Nation Tories think that he's a buffoon and he's going to ruin everything and he's, pers- he's just driven by personal ambition. And, but I'd been thinking, guy, he's, a, he's an intelligent bloke, he's educated. He, his ambition will lead him not only to want to be Prime Minister but to want to be a great Prime Minister. He'll want to do really good things. Mm. And I thought if I felt that, I shouldn't write that because that's not funny and it's not very anarchic and my position should be to lampoon him. But I found myself kind of wanting Boris to succeed and not wanting to use my awesome satirical power to bring him down when he might do. And then he announced this fucking cabinet. Well, I mean, the thing about the cabinet that is disappointing... It's is terrible. That, as you've got Boris at the head of it, there should be people like, you know, why isn't... You know, you want, you're saying because Boris is ahead of it, you want there to be big personalities. Yeah, like Miss Piggy. She could do defence. Hi-ya! She'd be brilliant. 
What I'm saying is that, you know, why stop at why stop at Pretty Patel and Dominic Cummings? Why not get the Loch Ness monster, you know, or, or well, yeah, no, I mean, my my, really my feeling was my I was I was you all... could re, you could do Jiley's cabinet reshuffle. Well, yeah, I mean, I was thinking that until he did his cabinet reshuffle. So I, <laughs> I was thinking it would and be and it's what it defied. It would be really Lanzini. fun to see who it might. But no, but then he's done this uh, this cabinet reshuffle, which is in, which is incredibly. So Home Secretary is Pretty Patel. I did uh, twenty years ago. I went on a TV show, TV panel debate, me Pretty Patel and George Galloway, and I came away thinking that Galloway is a sane and reasonable man. Uh, I mean, she was super beautiful. Yeah. Uh, but you know, she's she's in favour of the death penalty, or recently mm. changed her mind about that. It, we, it, it is now that. They're all, or it's Jacob Rees-Mogg is leader of the House. They're all, all, all major right-wing frothing nutters, which might be enough to drive everyone into the arms of Jeremy Corbyn, which is not very funny. I too am conflicted about Boris. I am a dippy optimist. Yes, I want to believe. I like it. I like a new prime minister. I like a new cabinet. It's like a fresh set of underwear. You know, you know they're going to let you down in the end. But you know, you bet at the, the best beginning, you can say for Boris is his pants. He's, like, he's a, like pants. He's like a clean pair of pants. And you look exactly like Carrie Simons. And you've even dressed as her today. I. You've got her dress on literally, and you've done your hair like her. You're very and you've sweet. You married to an old fat Tory. You're very sweet. You're not um, a Tory. <laughs> Really? Not You're really. not anything. There isn't an a old fat button. columnist. And I quite like people like you who aren't bothered about being and polite and just would go. Would you like this me is... to be in the cabinet? <laughs> it wasn't meant to be that funny. But that is the essential point about Boris Johnson and the people he's got in his cabinet. Yes, Boris is probably clever and funny, and he's a character, and he he's incredibly charm- charming, and people are going to hope he's going to go to Europe and just bowl people over like he's bowled lots of people over here and he'll just get something done and fuck Christ let's hope it works but actually is that sort of a character you know and Dominic Cummings who just you know tells it like it is is it a good idea for them to be in charge what so what this is leading to maybe a column would be that basically I'm like Boris and why it's such a disaster so you yes so I'm like I'm just from a media family yeah yeah uh, and I'm basically married to Carrie Simons and I'd say the first thing that comes into my head and get in all sorts of trouble and then bluster my way out of it. But do you really want me running the country? Have we really come to a pretty pass when it's people when it's when it's people like me who are, who, yeah. who are in charge? Yeah. Because we should just be economists. I think that might be brilliant. You, uh, then I'd have to say, but it's a question of where do I come in? So if I say I I got where I am largely through my the privilege of my public school education in Oxford. Uh, uh, I had a successful father. My sister is a well-known journalist. Yeah. Uh, I'm shagging a much younger redhead in a flowery dress. Uh, I've occasionally said terrible things about people from all walks of life. Thank you for electing me your Prime Minister. Yes. Is Boris like me? I don't know. I met him once briefly. No, no, he's not. I think you, uh, you're a bit like a cat. You sort of get yourselves out of, you're, you get yourself into and out of scrapes and miraculously land on your feet. It's not just like him. No, but his is, I think, is his more planned. Or at, least, or at least I hope it's planned. I mean, that's the thing. That's the whole thing with Boris. We all hope, we're all just crossing our fingers going, please, please, please let it all be on purpose. Please have a plan. Please don't just be shambling from one crisis to another with actually no idea of what you're doing. Which if it was what it would be the case if it were me. One of the crap things about all this... Boris, 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 this reporting is people trying to make it lively and resorting to these terrible, terrible puns, which clearly amuse MPs, 
but they just don't amuse anyone else. So there's this thing where there's some of them are called the Gawkward Squad. And I get that there's a pun because they used to be the Awkward Squad and that was a load of Brexiteers. But now we've got a Brexit government and there's these less, these no, no deal people. Yeah. They're called the Gawkward Squad because of some MP called Gawk? Mr. Gawk? Well, I can't remember what it is. Bob Gawk? Yeah. But it doesn't work because there's, nobody knows who he no, is. No, so. no, and even we don't. And we're highly informed. There was a Gawk who was an MP. He's yeah. not in the cabinet anymore. There's, uh, there's okay, Phil Guevara I read mm. about. Any idea who he is? Is it not Philip Hammond? Or is, is it, it not? Well, I don't know. That would be good. He's know. a famous Phil. Yes. Phil Guevara. Yeah. But what, what they think? They, is he? Is he more left wing than other people? What does that mean? There was a thing. Laura Laura, Laura Coonsberg on the on the on the radio this morning. They were going. One one uh, one of the initiates in, in, in Boris's government, a source, told me that that the plan was for shock and awe, and someone else said, but it'll be shock and awful, more like. She did have the good grace to sound incredibly embarrassed. Did it, it was eight o'clock in the morning, and yeah. she hasn't slept since the <laughs> referendum. <laughs> but but it, but none that yeah, and it, it's. Uh, it, I don't understand it. Why I do they think pun, puns? Are funny? I hate puns so much. They are the lowest form of humour ever. Uh, a newspaper I used to work at, one of the reasons why I left it is because I used to have work returned to me because I had missed opportunities for puns. Editors and literally came back and said you should have put more puns in They said, there. you've missed so many opportunities for puns here! I, on a piece I'd done about sort of salmon fishing or something. And you said, you flicked back your set hair and said, who do you think I am, Rapunzel? That's just an example of a bad pun. I wasn't going for a laugh. That's not a pun. I was going for silence. They're just not funny. Puns are just shit. I mean, some of them... Uh, do you remember Paddy Pantsdown? Yeah. Was, is that a pun? Yeah, he was called Paddy Ashdown and he got caught, I think, like, literally, literally, like, vertical rodding with stuff around his ankles. Vertical rodding, right. Well, you know, and it, it's... Uh, a child has arrived just when I was talking about... Sorry, it's the school holidays. Our children are here. I'm very sorry. Kitten, would you like to come and contribute to the podcast? Do you put it in I'll have your ice cream. Oh, Daddy wants your ice cream. Kitty, do you know what my podcast is called? Because Sam came in and said, how are you getting on with Giles Corrin Knows Nothing? <laughs> <laughs> Business as usual. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you can go now. Um, the, thing okay, is so pe- the thing is that people who come up with these puns, they are so, so, so desperate for them to catch on. Uh, like uh, that Tony B. Liar thing. That was Victor Lewis Smith, reckoned he invented that. Oh. But, but I, don't, I don't know whether he did. But they, they, they say the pun over and over and over again because what people want to do is have is to have created mm. um, George Schmosborn. David Spammerin. Or, or generally... Is that a real one, Spammerin? No, I don't know, isn't it? Catelyn Moran was always great. It's a great shame team. that Clegg didn't get done because he'd have been Nick Cleggover. Nick Cleggover, yes. Damn it, it's only a matter of time. But think of these ridiculous names that people have, people, not necessarily puns. Like, do you remember Kate and Pippa Middleton? In newspapers only were dubbed the Wisteria Sisters because they were such social climbers. A phrase never used out of a newspaper ever by anyone ever. No one has ever called them the Wisteria Sisters except the person who wrote the, who thought it up. You're not remotely amused like that. I, I, I was, yeah, I am. Well, no, it made me think of this story which I saw uh, in, uh, in, the, in, in the Daily Mail, uh, which finally it's official. Dad jokes, famous for making children groan with embarrassment, are funny. Okay, and then there are some jokes. And I don't believe you. Oh, come on, hit me with a joke. I, I won't laugh at any of them. They're not funny. Randomly, what do you call a Mexican whose vehicle has been stolen? I don't know. Think about it. I don't know. There's one upstairs doing your bathroom, in fact. I don't Carlos. <laughs> Carlos. It's yeah, not funny. it's not funny. No, it's not funny. I accidentally handed my wife the super glue instead of her lipstick. She still isn't talking to me. That's not funny. Two TV aerials got married. The ceremony was boring, but the... 
I don't Reception care. was great. I don't... No, is... they, okay, okay, no, I'm not looking for a laugh. They're not funny jokes. Who called them dad's jokes? That's what I want to know. When did dad become the totemic byword for all that is shit? So, for example, dad dancing. Mm. Yeah, just shit dancing is dad dancing. Dad jeans, that's a thing, isn't it? Uh, mom jeans are a thing as well. Uh, but they're, they're but that's, that would, but yeah, but basically people stick dad in front of a thing. People calling something mumsy. Why would a bad joke be a dad joke? Dad, do I tell bad jokes? Do dads tell bad jokes? Sometimes. Dad, you... Is this a dad cabinet? Is Boris Johnson a dad prime minister? What, dad is a byword for just it's bad? Just a byword for d- terribleness. Dad sex? Oh, God, that probably is a thing. I think you're being a bit oversensitive, darling. It's not really a column, though, is it? Uh, yes, it is. It could be a column if you could get, get a list of things that are really... That, where the dad... Oh, it's a bit of a dad pizza. Um, like a real dad driving. Just everything's just like dad, 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 dad. I don't know why a bad joke should have to be a dad joke. I don't know why we should have to be the, the bear the brunt of everything. That's all. No, fair enough. No. My, my, I've, I bought a computer, but it's a bit of a dad computer. That's real dad... That's real dad running. That's a total dad egg. Almost perfect sense to me. Um, a dad haircut is probably a bad haircut, isn't it? Yeah. You just go through life just saying dad, dad, dad. And a mum haircut thing is the same as well. I mean, it's not. I mean, I know you feel particularly hard done by by life, but it's not all about you. Shall we discuss? Okay. Jetpack guy. So tell me about the jetpack guy. Jetpack guy is this French inventor called Vranky. Called what? <laughs> called Vranky. So jetpack guy is, is this called French inventor called Frankie Zapata. I don't know if that's his real name or if not. If he's related to, is he related to Zapata as in Emiliano Zapata, or Frank Zappa, I, or is he a cross between the two? I wonder, like Charles Manson, if it's a kind of weird mashup name from like different names. Anyway, he, he but why? But he's but he's a jetpack guy. He's a guy who why would he a, have why wouldn't he have his own name? Why why would a kooky French inventor just make up his own name? Why wouldn't why isn't he called Ronnie Rocket? Ronnie Rocket. <laughs> well, he's obsessed with his jetpack, which I'm which we are both quite relieved doesn't really work. So this, wait, so so matey here, Frankie Zapata, Frankie Zapata. has built a jetpack yeah. and he's attempted to cross the English Channel yep. with his jetpack. And I saw that this attempt was coming. He's done it on the 100th anniversary of Louis Blériot crossing the Channel. That's I think right. it was. Yeah. And he's gone up. And I live with him. We listened to the in the car, listening to it on the radio. And he's gone up in his jetpack and then he fell in the sea. Yes. And basically I was really, really pleased because it means that we at least don't live yet in the age of the jetpack. Of the jetpack and the you hoverboard, know, this, yeah. We live in a world where, because the future is going to come and it's going to be flying Ubers and uh, all that kind of thing, and then at least everyone isn't, going around, but everyone isn't getting around by jetpack, that still failed. It's still that mm. vision of what the future is going to be. Because it's not a very modern vision of how the future is going to be, is it? Given that we are the family who's not gone and flown away on a summer holiday but had a 1950s holiday in Devon, uh, we don't really want to think the future is everybody with their own individual jetpack. I mean, it's bad enough that the carbon that one person burns on one transatlantic flight is more than anybody in the bottom two billion income in the world burns in a year. Mm. So one most of sub-Saharan Africa, individuals there do not consume in a year as much carbon as I would on one return flight to France by aeroplane. So the idea that you would have your own engine 
blowing you across the sea. I mean, we all basically want to see the French falling into the sea from a great height, sure no do. matter what their method of transport. Just so the, 11 miles shy of yeah. his uh, goal destination. It's because some English person told him that the English Channel was only 14 <laughs> miles long, so he just put enough petrol in his car and he could it's not fly a, over 14, and then it wasn't there. It's not, it's, it is not a machine that the personal jetpack is not a machine that we need now in 2019. I mean, they on a hot day like today... Most of the trains are cancelled because the iron buckles. Well, if, if for example, Frenchie had managed to jetpack over the channel, they'd have been able to go, oh, the, French, the English cannot even have a train ride on a hot day and we can, on our own, fly over the channel. Right, good luck, Ben. It's a dad jetpack. Dad jetpack. <laughs> oh! It was a dad jetpack. Oh. Was it a dad jetpack? How many times do I have to say dad jetpack to make it sound like my own joke and not Ben the producer's joke? No, I think both of those sounded like your joke. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, you can cut it in and we'll never know it was his. <laughs> You've been listening to Giles Corran Has No Idea with Giles Corran and Esther Walker. It's a Times podcast produced by Ben Mitchell. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts to avoid ever missing an episode. And if you want to find out what I wrote about in the end, there's a link to my column in the podcast description. Mm-hmm.